Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody and welcome back to season four of the Dead Prankle podcast. I am Kat Hooker. And I'm Emma Jones. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the moment. Now, whether you thought about this moment or not ahead of it happening, the chances are it ended up being nothing like what you expected, really. That moment that we're talking about is the very moment that your parent died. And for this episode, we brought Chloe Kemp back because she did a TikTok sketch on this and it was littered with humour, but actually it was very, very close to reality I it really stopped me in my tracks watching this video um so we are going to introduce Chloe and say hello to her shortly but before that if it's okay with you we would just like to play out this piece of audio because there's a video to it but I think the audio itself is really powerful and I think you as a listener are really going to resonate with this so let's have a listen take as long as you need thank you Mum, <laughs> I'm not going to cry, so don't be expecting any tears, all right? Because I only sent my sister off. She already cried in the car park. It was <laughs> embarrassing. She's an ugly crier. So I'm not risking it, Carol. All right. <laughs> Came as quickly as I could. Um, obviously, that was too late. But you know me, I went the long way round. <laughs> I went for the drive-through. Well, you go, wouldn't you? <laughs> All this over a kidney. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've got two. So dramatic. <laughs> At least you haven't got to worry about me trying to fit into your new smart car, Mum. <laughs> yeah, I know what you said. Actually, my sister told me. We love a fat joke. Thank you. Um, I was like, guys, slim wide and everything. But I ain't got to worry now. I'll eat my cream cakes in peace, Carol. <laughs> On the way here, I was looking at my phone. I found that video. Of me and you when we accidentally got a bit drunk at uh, Archie's party and Kitty said that we were an embarrassment. Such a proud day. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, you need to wet yourself. <laughs> got out the car. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch that back later. <laughs> Mum, I can't believe you caved. I was literally just about to give you my kidney. <laughs> I mean, you know me, I like to build the suspense, but <laughs> you gave up quick. It was a joke. Of course I was going to give you my kidney. Well, I, w- I would have given you Keely's kidney, definitely. <laughs> Joe, my friend said that when her nan died, she looked so peaceful and beautiful, but I guess you're the exception. <laughs> That's fine. Did you mean to die with your mouth open? The kids send their love. Um, Teddy 
thinks heaven is temporary and that you'll be back. So, no, don't get up. I'll break it to him. <laughs> you leave, leave that one with me. Keely's going to come in now, Mum, and she's going to ruin this little vibe we've had going because, obviously, we're hilarious. And she's going to cry because, you know, she's going to really miss you. And um, so am I, but it's easier to joke, isn't it? So that's our way. But I'll miss you, Mum. A lot. It's so powerful. Yeah. I... How do you like? How does how do you feel listening to that? Just like the pure audio of that. It, I I don't know. I can remember where my head was at when I filmed it. I think I was just thinking of, you know, like I joke a lot, but there's there's that fine line, isn't there? Like one minute we're joking, the next minute we're crying, and that's where that's what I was thinking. So it takes me back to that that kind of really like raw emotion of trying to mix the sadness with the laughter but you know it can be a bit challenging and you managed to condense that into uh, what less than four minutes and that was to sum up that moment you know if i was going to describe it to anybody i would just hand them that video and say <laughs> watch this and you will understand and what you do so yeah. beautifully chloe is you allow people to feel the pain and the humor yeah. you do it's light and shade and so much of what this podcast about is about is that isn't it yeah. Kat? it just makes it more accessible i think like mm. don't get me wrong like well, it's like, kind of like the name of this podcast i suppose like people hear their parent club and think oh god who <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fuck calls the podcast that but if you're if you've experienced it you understand it mm -hmm. and the same with that that video if you've experienced it you're like i resonate with that mm. how how did you feel chloe <laughs> in that moment when your mum had just died how did you feel do you know, I obviously I got the phone call at like two o'clock in the morning that mm. she passed away. And um, I was crying all the way to the hospital. I told my sister, and we, we hadn't been talking. We sort of, you know, what families are like. It was difficult. We hadn't been talking very much. So I had to ring her up, which she wouldn't have been expecting my phone call. And I had to break the news to her. And then hearing her cry was just awful. Like, it was just heart shattering to hear someone else's emotion. Mm. And all the way to the hospital, I was, you know, very, my, my emotions were out. I was very tearful, crying. I was talking to my husband and, you know, I was saying like, this, this is the worst thing ever. I literally feel like I can hear the world around me crashing. Like, it was really intense. Mm. And then I got to the hospital and my sister was there before me. And they said, okay, your mum is in that room. Um, when you're both ready, you know, you can head inside. And I fully, prepared myself to go in and continue crying like why not this is our moment isn't it you know mm. like if there's any time to all your emotions out to do. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but i went in and then my sister just fell apart like she burst into tears oh and she just made it completely awkward if i'm honest like after <laughs> ruining it I was just, yeah i just i just couldn't do it when i saw her cry i just couldn't do it i like stopped and instead i just started making jokes and i kind of I'm irritated at myself a little bit as to why I did that because I wish I just let myself go and just have that moment. But I think it's the fear of seeing other people so upset and it's like this need to lighten the atmosphere for mm. them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And when you found out that your mum was dying, Chloe, 
Had mm. you had you ever thought about that moment? Had you ever thought about the moment she's going to die um, in advance of it actually happening? I did so much, but then every time she had these near deaths, like, you know, the hospital would phone us and say she had a cardiac arrest and she's in intensive care. She's got pneumonia um, or her levels are out of sync. She's really, really unwell. Like, this could be it. I'd be like, really emotional, bracing myself. I'd go down there. She just kept bouncing back. <laughs> <laughs> so... To be honest, in the end, I, I got it out of my head. I just I just thought, I think she's okay for now. I don't know when it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen at, at some point, but she's fine for now. And I, I just stopped thinking about it, which is weird because then when she did die, it made it really surprising. Even though I'd had this warm-up for a couple of years, I was still really shocked when it actually happened. Mm. Kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Was there. <laughs> yeah. Every time, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I think when we talk about death the actual moment that like it says in your video like your life your world just changes forever chloe mm. we don't really talk about that moment so much mm. and yet what's interesting to me is whenever i do a deep dive into my feelings i actually go back to the hospital room and i remember this bizarre out-of-body experience feeling as though this you it's kind of like shock kicks in well it was for me anyway shock just kicked in and i didn't cry either but it was just a feeling of everything felt so surreal and i honestly yeah. think that that can create an element of ptsd after yeah. the person has died have you found that yeah massively so i think as I say, I had all these intentions to be like completely like with my emotions and just let it roll. I thought that's got to be the healthiest thing. And then obviously, like I said, my sister fell apart. My nephew was there. He was only like 13. Mm -hmm. And it just made it really uncomfortable that I felt like I couldn't be in that situation to fall apart. But then also when I was looking at mum and she did actually die and her mouth was open a little bit. <laughs> it, was, it, was the, it was the weirdest thing. I was fully expecting a breath. Yeah. You know, when you just, you stare at their chest so much and you, yeah. you're, you're adamant you're going to see it rise and you don't. And it was just, I couldn't get my head around that. I was just like, so weird. I've, I've never really seen somebody, you know, who's dead before. So it was a lot. And then I just, I think I was just all overwhelmed that I couldn't, I, I, I just couldn't do what I think I needed to do. And then it all came out months later. Mm -hmm. And then I got really quite like poorly mentally you know mm. because I think I just I don't know I, I think I just didn't know how to let it all out it's such a high pressure situation I think that nobody actually does pre prepare you for because it literally is like the only experience we've got of it is seeing what we see on tv shows and tv programs and stuff like that when where it's all like the families are all in the room and they're talking and they're like oh I just like I love you so much I'm gonna miss you and like it's okay you can take mm. your last breath and then they take the breath and then like it's all kind of deep and emotional for these conversations when actually a lot of the time you're just in you're like panic mode overwhelm people aren't there for when it happens people don't actually see the body at all because something happened in it like a crash or they live months away or whatever like it's nothing like how we're taught it should be don't reminds me a bit of childbirth <laughs> 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 I, like i think about it now and i'm like i see all these things on tv about how it's going to be and it's going to be absolutely nothing like that <laughs> i think we enter the world and we exit the world in very different ways to how they're portrayed mm. um in the media do you know, I think as well, like your fight or flight response kicks in in that second, doesn't it? And because of the severity, you are in fight, fight mode. Mm. But 
a few weeks later, by the time the funeral come round, I was full on flight mode. Like, mm-hmm. I did you guys find the funeral really hard? Um, for me, I can completely relate to what you said about when. What's really weird for me is when my mum was dying. I remember really normal weird stuff like I was like oh that's the ice cream pop that she was eating earlier mm. that was an observation like mm. my mum's literally just died in front of me and I was mm. like I wonder what that tasted like and then <laughs> and then I like put it in the bin like why would I do that mm. and I did really normal things and I was just like functioning as if she hadn't just died mm. then in the build-up to the funeral I was still very high functioning go 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 but then took one, weirdly, took one step down the aisle with my two brothers and mm. collapsed. Like, that was me done. That was, it all just hit me in a wave. And um, what about you, Kat? My grandma slipped me a diazepam on the day of the funeral. Did she? Legend. <laughs> 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 um, I think it didn't hit me. We, went, we did the creme first and then did like the celebration of life thing in the church after. The creme hadn't hit me yet, so I was in fucking bits. Gross. By the time we went to the, the church, I was like, Wow. There is, it's just yeah. completely flat. Mm. <laughs> like I even went to the front and did a poem. I think if, I think in normal circumstances that would not have had a chance in hell doing that. But I did that and all I remember thinking was, because I was crying, my nose was streaming, yeah. I had a really snotty nose and in front of the whole church I had to be like, excuse me, and turn around and blow my nose and turn back <laughs> and I was like so embarrassed and I was thinking, what am I doing? Like why am I still doing these things that are normal when my mum's dead? Mm. What was your experience like of the funeral, Chloe? Uh, really difficult. I think because when I was talking to mum about her funeral and she was like, oh, I want a red lined coffin. I want Elvis all over it. I want these songs. Like we were like laughing and joking. I was making notes and I was like, yeah, this is like, this is going to be epic. And then when it actually, when it actually happened and she's not there, but her photograph is up there. Oh God. It was just, I don't know. It was, it was made me feel really quite sick. Actually. It was just, mm. How, how can we go from laughing about it and then it's here, but she's not there. And like, it's only me laughing now. Mm. Um, and I found it really hard. I actually left halfway through and I sat outside and just listened in because I felt like I was going to have an anxiety attack. Yeah. It, it was a lot of pressure. And because mum didn't have like a big family anymore. Like it was mo- mostly like me and my sister. So a lot of people were like, are you okay? Do you want a tissue? Do you want to stand up? And there's just, I know they're all trying to help and they're all so lovely, but it was making me more overwhelmed. I didn't really know yeah. what to do, who to talk to. I was just like, oh. and then they played um, the Bay City Rollers Bye Bye Baby. And I was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and also there is something in that feeling eyes on you. I remember that very mm. clearly. And you know how most of the time you think, oh, it's fine. No one else cares about what I'm doing. On that day, they really do. Mm. Everyone's yeah. looking at you because you're the kid of the dead person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and it kind of inflates it all. You're so hyper aware of yeah. everyone's watching me, and I'm really upset. And now I'm burying my mum, and it's um, yeah. it's absolute trauma. It is trauma. Yeah. You know the um, like the script that you wrote for that sketch. Did, is it realistic of the conversation that you wish? you had had if you were in there by yourself with her is that how you think you would have yeah I mean I tried to say bits but I just you know what? it's such a blur I don't know if you guys feel that now mm. but now when I look back it's like what did I say anything nice or did yeah. I just take the piss it's very yeah. it's very awkward and comfortable though like trying to have yeah. your last words in front of other people mm. like it's a, yeah. it's actually very socially awkward mm. because you don't actually want other people 
to hear anything that you've got to say. It's, it's, exactly. It's very, very private. Mm. Very private. I didn't even want to say it in front of my sister. No. But the one thing I did want to do is I, want, I wanted to kiss her like on her forehead and mm. hold her hand. And I, I don't think I even touched her. I was like this close. And I just knew that she was going to be like, not obviously yeah. a, a body temperature and that made me freak out so instead my husband as i was walking out the door i turned around and he held her hand and oh. he whispered something and gave her a kiss on the forehead oh, oh i know lovely. and i was like that's gross <laughs> <laughs> you've kissed a dead person yeah <laughs> i can i can relate to that though see and you feel really bad for it don't you but like i remember so i went to visit both my mum and my nana when they died um mm. when they'd been like laid to rest and stuff and my brothers after the trauma of visiting my mum were like we are not going to see nana but mm. i couldn't let my granddad go on his own so i agreed to go with him and they'd stitched her mouth up to make her look like Sorry? the joker like they'd her mouth yeah. was shut and she looked like the joker no. and she was just all like you say she was cold and my granddad was like are you giving her a kiss and i was like no, granddad. No, no pass, I don't you. want to. And you feel so guilty because mm. it's, of course, it's them, but like they're dead and they're cold. And mm. I felt guilt for feeling that feeling of I don't want to kiss you. Mm. Yeah, I, but it's it, it. You know, it's them. But you're right. It, it doesn't quite look like it, and it's a little bit scary. I yeah. think. I had really bad PTSD after watching my mum die, and it was every time I thought about my mum, it was that facial expression of her dead. And similar mm. to your, yours, it was mouth open, eyes were still open, she was yellow. Other people around me were like, oh, she hasn't looked this peaceful in so long. And I was like, are you on crack? She looks terrifying. <laughs> and every time I thought about her, I was like, oh, God, like horror, horror mm. film. Yeah. Like, we, oh, yeah. It's not, I feel like there's an element of like, you feel obligated to go and see them. But mm. please, if you're listening to this and someone's asked you, do you want to go and see someone? Don't feel you have to because mm. you, you don't have to. I remember being like, where's my mum's feet? Where have they gone? Because she just looked really small in the coffin. Mm. And they'd put a cloth over her feet. And I was like, are her feet gammy? Or what? what's happened? Why have you covered them? But no one knew why. And I didn't lift up in case... So did you have like an open casket or something at the funeral? No, I went to see her oh, in, and, in the and, Chapel of Rest yeah. where she was. Um, and it just, again, it didn't look like her. Like they'd got what was almost a tablecloth, folded it and put it under a jumper like to puff her out. Maybe she'd sunk in. I don't know. Was, I was like, and she looked really little and it, it was not my mum how yeah. I remembered her. So please, if you are listening to this, I'm sure you'll agree with I me. Think, I think we'll just put everybody off now, yeah. haven't we? Like, yeah. Fuck it, don't go. <laughs> go if you want, but prepare yourself. I think that's mm. what I'd say. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. 
Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Chloe, with your experience, what would you say to anybody that's listening to this who might have a parent who's terminally ill or knows that they're going to die? I know you can't fully prepare yourself for that moment, but do you have any advice for them? It's really hard, um, and the advice I could give, they, you know, they probably won't take because it's so hard to do. But I would say to try not to dwell on the the fact that they're dying because what 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 you don't want to do is, and it is really hard, but you don't want to prepare yourself like every other day because then you're going to constantly live in fear, mm. and then it means that the some of the nice moments where you should be relaxing and maybe having a little bit of a laugh with them and making any memories, you're plagued by all the concerns. So I would try, if you can, to put it to the back of your mind and just sort of live in that moment and don't stress. Like, you, yeah, you know it's coming, but don't keep looking at the clock waiting for it to come because it, it will worsen those final weeks or months, I think. Because I did that for a while and then when I was able to stop doing it, I actually felt... I look back now and I think actually the final months were really quite nice because I wasn't mm. waiting. I wasn't mm. waiting for her to go. It was almost as if she wasn't going anywhere and we were just living yeah. a normal life. <laughs> so if you can do that, I would definitely advise to try and live in the moment a little bit more and try not to clock watch because I know it's scary and you want to like, you know, count the days and count the minutes and, you know, kind of try and prepare yourself. But you can never be prepared. So just roll with it a little bit is what I'd say. Mm. And I don't know about you two, but when... Um, when my mum died and we went to see her at the hospital, and obviously my mum did die at the hospital, so mm. if your parent died at home or whatever, it might be a bit different for you. Mm. We just kind of left. And I remember walking out crying, saying, like, thank you to the nurses, and then we <laughs> left. Thank you, thank you. And I, ever since, I've always thought, it's a very bizarre thing that you mm. go into the hospital, say goodbye to your dead parent, mm. then leave. And it's like, okay, we're going in to say goodbye. We've left, we've said goodbye, and she's dead now. And... I feel like people need to know that there is no real, you might have different experiences than me, both of you, but there was nobody that grabbed me and said, this is what you do, or this is what you need to do, or not that I remember. Mm. It all just felt very like, okay, love you, bye, mum. And then we left her body there. Mm. Mm. We opened a bottle of Prosecco. In the hospital? No, she was at home. Oh, was she? But she died, we left her in one room, we opened a bottle of Prosecco in the other. I don't know why. No, I get that. We, what was it, like a celebration of her life? I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know whether it was a kind of... It was kind of a bit like, God, that's finished. Yeah. Like, it had been a really intense couple of days. Mm. And I think it was like, my dad doesn't... like We're not really a drinking kind of family. It's not normal in our household to be like, crack open a bottle mm. of Prosecco. Mm. But for some reason, like, that's, I don't remember much, but I vividly remember as... I vividly remember drinking a glass of Prosecco and then the undertakers coming in and taking her out whilst we were in the kitchen having a sip. So did the undertakers come straight away when they died at home then? Pretty soon. 
Yeah, you call them and then... In the middle of the night, even, they could come. Well, yeah, I think wow. so. I don't know what happened in the middle of the night for me, mm. so I'm not sure. What about you, Chloe? What was your experience at the hospital like? Do you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't a great one, but um, that's because they lost our contact details, mine and my sister's. So mum actually died at like half past 11 in the evening, but they didn't tell us till two o'clock in the evening. <gasps> Yeah, and by the time we got there, they had actually folded up all of her clothes, her boots and her bag. It was all outside the room, ready to go. And it was a little bit like she was late for checkout in a hotel. Yeah. Like, it felt Ever a little bit like... welcome now. I yeah, need the room. It, it literally felt like that. And obviously, you know, she had been dead for a couple of hours or so. So it, it wasn't a great experience. And then... I didn't know what to do afterwards, so Anissa, like you, you had a prosecco. I was, it was like getting to five o'clock in the morning by the time we said our goodbyes, spoke to the doctors, and I just said to my sister, "Do you want to go sit around Mum's house for a bit?" And she was like, oh. "Yeah, like there was no way we were going to go back mm. home and just go back to sleep." Yeah. So we, I didn't know what to do, so we left the hospital and we just drove down to Mum's, um, and we just sat in her living room talking for about an hour. It's such a weird feeling. Like, I remember that. It was the middle of the night when my mum died. I think it was around 4am. And, like, went home and then couldn't, obviously couldn't sleep. We all just sat in the living room talking. And then, like, my dad came around in the morning and I'd gone to bed to try and, like, put my head down for, like, half an hour. But I didn't. And it was just this hazy blur of a day, mm. isn't it? It's yeah. You feel so tired and exhausted. But the idea of being able to fall asleep is incomprehensible. Mm. You just can't because you're constantly met with the idea that your parent is dead. Yeah, it was actually, mm. my mum actually died on bonfire night. So she died in the morning. I want to say it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. And then by the evening, you had freaking fireworks going wow. up outside. I was just sat looking out the window like, what is my life? Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, this is bonkers. It, and when you reflect on it, it feels like a real low, doesn't it? You know, yeah. when you actually think about that, if you could scoop you up then, mm. you would and just hold you, wouldn't you? It's like an alternate reality, I think. Mm. Like, yeah, it is. Were we there? Did we live it? Mm. Unsure. Yeah, it is. It's a very, very surreal moment. And like you said, Chloe, in that video, it really does change you forever, doesn't it? Mm. It does. And, you know, there's, there's weird, it's really weird now what sets me off. Like, I worked out, because obviously mum passed about half past 11 at night, and I, I worked out what I was doing at that time. I was watching a film with my husband. Um, it was Between the Mountains or something with Idris Elba, um, Kate Winslet. Yeah. It was a good film, but now if I see it advertised or like, you know, on telly or I just, I, I can't mm. even, I will never watch that film again because I just mm. know that at some point during that film, mum passed away yeah. and it just, it freaks wow. me out. Mm. Really weird. It is, it is, but that actually isn't weird. I, I have things like that. Like I remember my final memory of mum alive was she was lying in the hospital bed with the hospital TV in front of her, trying to adjust her headphones to watch Coronation Street. And oh. that's such a bizarre thing for me and I remember saying to her husband oh can you do it so that you can watch it too so I always just associate Coronation Street with my <laughs> mum like I, I think that's really normal like in your situation those things we remember them because that feeling is so intense that you think oh my god yeah. that's when that person like left this earth physically mm. that how would you not feel weird about mm. that film yeah how do you feel like your mum dying has changed you as a person i think there's a, there is a bit of negativity i think it has sparked off quite a bit of worry i now do worry a lot about people around me now that i know how difficult that was because i never thought mm. i know it sounds 
ridiculous to say, but I never thought it would be as ridiculous as it as ridiculous as mm. difficult as it actually was. Um, I mean, it completely floors you. It's such a process, grief, and it can take such mm. a long time. So now I think I worry a lot for other people, um, like my dad in particular. Um, I worry about him a lot, and I know that's not a great way to live. And I'm always trying to talk myself out of that, but it has made me to be a little bit more of a worrier. But on the other hand, on the positive, it's made me think about taking more photos, mm. trying to live in the moment a bit more. You know, like if I've um, if I've had a bonus from work or something, I certainly don't think about buying a thousand pound bag anymore. I think mm. about not like I've had a thousand pounds spent on a bag, but if <laughs> I did, you know, I think more now. Actually, family holiday, family day out. Like I just want to like live more moments with the kids, you know, mm. and just make those memories because at the end of the day, they are literally all we're going to be left with. Mm. Absolutely. What about you? How did it change you? Like that moment? God, what a question. Good and bad. Yeah, that, like that specific moment, I guess it's just, love is a big one, I think. Like wanting to keep people close and be loved as well as love them like an obscenely large amount um negatively i think my mum dying definitely made me like an insecure people pleaser where like her dying was like she was the one person that was the champion of me and everything that i did and then when she was no longer there it was like how can i get people to mm. give me attention and value me and tell me that i'm doing a good job I would say. But it's weird because I think it literally did happen kind of overnight, both of those things really. Like I had such an appreciation and love for my family that I never had before, but then had this huge, massive, insecure, gaping hole in the process. Mm. Well, you lost your mum in that one yeah. time, so it, it actually does make sense really. Yeah. I think for me, I, in a similar way to like what both of you said, appreciate how fine out life is and that we're not gonna be here forever. Mm. And that materialistic things don't matter. What matters is the time you spend and the love you give and the love yeah. you receive. And for me, my trigger is people phoning without warning. Yeah. If someone rings, I'm like, who's died? My dad now has to open sometimes. If he rings out of the blue. Nothing's like, wrong. Yeah, he does. He has to say like, nothing's wrong, no one's died. Yeah. I cannot deal with it. That's something I'm trying to work on. Like mm. not every phone call is a death knock, but it's hard to get to that place as mm. I'm sure you'll, you can both agree. Yeah, definitely. Well, Chloe, thank you, as always, for your humour and honesty. It is hugely, hugely appreciated. For anybody listening right now who might not already be following you, where have you been? Um, <laughs> but where can they find you? Because I live for your content. I'm going to be honest. I scope it out. You are like Chloe's biggest fan. Oh, I just, <laughs> I think you're amazing. I, honestly, I love your humour and mm. how relatable you are, especially for me, because obviously you. we've both lost our parent. Um, yeah. Side note as well, you can actually listen to chloe's like full story and more about her like time on tiktok and stuff and processing her grief um in season three episode 14 well, as well. thank you very much um, <laughs> so chloe Impressive. where where can we find you if we want to see more of you um i'm chloe kent 89 on tiktok and i'm nearly at 400k so if you want to follow me, that'll really help. Yeah. And um, give the girls Chloe some love. underscore yes, please. And <laughs> Chloe underscore Ken on uh, Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much, Chloe. You are an absolute gem of a human being. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. 
thank you for having me. I love coming on. Thank oh. you. I'm going to go home and watch more of your videos now. So <laughs> cheers, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for joining us for the Dead Parent Club podcast. Thank you for allowing us to be so open and honest and vulnerable mm. with you. Yeah. And if you do want to reach out, then platform we use most is uh, Instagram and you can find us at Dead Parent Club Podcast or drop us an email at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. See you next week. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>